Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Well, good morning and happy Monday. This is the Truth Hurts Program, and I am your host, Steve Z. It is Monday, August 23rd, 2021. And although we're doing the program from Studio 63, as usual, I'm doing so today with literally one hand tied in front of my back. This past weekend, I had the pleasure of riding the old Ninja motorcycle at the Michelin Road Atlanta race course, the actual MotoGP official race course for the southeastern portion of the United States of America. Seen some really great riders ride there over the past couple of decades. I, of course, am not one of the great riders and ended up wiping out on a really boneheaded decision that I made into one of the turns on the chicanes. After barreling down the front straightaway, going into turn one, I was downshifting at about 106 miles an hour, got into that sweeping uphill right-hand turn, and then into the S's, these very sharp chicane-type turns, and uh, missed one. Straight through the grass and straight to the ground. I tumbled about five or six times. The bike slid off the pavement across the track and into the dirt. I uh, was ambulanced over to a level two trauma center. But before we get to the ambulance ride, I was laying there face down on the pavement at the track. I could feel my legs. I could feel my feet. I could feel my upper uh, legs. I could feel my hips. I could feel that I was breathing. My left hand and arm checked in just fine. My head didn't feel that bad. When I looked up, I was again, I was face down. When I looked up forward and to the right, I saw an arm. It looked like my arm, but it sure didn't feel like my arm. I thought my right arm was down somewhere tucked in below my body, when in fact it had popped completely out of socket dislocated completely the shoulder and twisted the arm around over 180 degrees in the wrong direction. I was looking at my palm, but I was looking at it as if I had taken my arm and twisted it completely around backwards. And uh, let's just say I was in a state of shock. So this turn three again is on an uphill sweeping quick left chicane after the big sweeping right hand turn of turn one and then a slight turn at turn two, you go into the chicanes. If you had a road map, if you could do a Google search of the road map of the Michelin Road Atlanta motorcycle course layout, you'll see what I'm talking about. A slight little zigzag that goes sharp left, then sharp right, then sharp left again, and then a little sweeping right coming out. Anyhow, I wiped out across this. Other motorcycles are racing by me at, I don't know, 70, 80 miles an hour and narrowly missing me because they could not see me. Again, we're coming up over a rise and I'm laying face down. I could not move. My body was not checking in. I wasn't able to move. My arm was dragged out in front of me. Some of the motorcyclists who came by missed me literally by inches according to their accounts. Oh my God, I almost hit you. Oh my God, I almost ran over you. Uh, The corner workers finally got the signal from race control to signal the red flag and then everybody got into a little bit more cautious mode. The ambulance rolled out and they placed me in a cervical restraint to make sure that my neck was completely immobilized in case I had neck or head trauma. They placed me on a backboard, put me in the on a stretcher and into the ambulance. They took me about a 15-20 minute ride 
to a level two trauma center. The very, very highly skilled, highly skilled ambulance staff, medical staff there at Road Atlanta, they could not have been better to me. They treated me with dignity and respect. They checked me over completely. They had to use hemostats to cut open my leather racing suit. Completely destroyed that, of course, but hey, it did its job. I'm, I could have been dead. I, I can't imagine, and let me break for just a moment from this thought process. I was watching as I was coming home from Atlanta yesterday afternoon, down the interstate, idiots, morons, riding crotch rockets, you know, ninjas and Hayabusa's and uh, all the other varieties of sport bike, and some of these idiot Harley riders. No jackets, just a little half-shell helmet, a little pair of skimpy gloves. Some of these guys on the sport bikes in shorts and tennis shoes and tank tops going down the interstate, passing us at 100, 120 miles an hour in traffic. Trust me, my hit to the ground, I was told, would be somewhere based on their measurement of the skid marks and the, the scraping of the bike as it slid across there. And knowing the speed that we were taking these particular turns, was somewhere between 45 and 65 miles an hour when I hit, when I hit bottom. I can't imagine what a person's body would look like in shorts and a tank top and tennis shoes had they taken that same fall that I took. And I was in full head to toe leather reinforced racing gear, boots that come up almost to the knee, reinforced knee sliders, full Kevlar armor in the actual suit makeup at the hips, up the arms, elbow sliders, a back protector, an upper back protector, and a CE Snell DOT approved helmet, full face. By the way, my face dragged on that concrete forward as I rolled and, and dragged and what have you. My helmet didn't look bad, so evidently my instincts were good enough to keep me from smashing my head into the pavement. I protected my head at the sacrifice of the right arm. I was again taken to a level two trauma center. I won't mention the name of the hospital, but I will tell you this. Hats off to Christy, probably the best nurse I've ever had the privilege of working with. This woman went above and beyond. And she said I deserved a Daisy Award because I was the most polite patient she'd seen all month. Note to self and to you guys, be polite to those who are caring for you. She went the extra mile when putting my arm in the sling after they I won't even go into that part yet, but after they reinserted my arm into its socket, they made me wear a sling, and she made sure to cut the sharp edges on the Velcro that holds the sling together and round those corners off so that it wouldn't poke me in the neck. She said, I don't do this for everybody, but you were such a nice patient. I'm going to go the extra mile for you. Anyhow, I was there, and uh, laying there, there were gunshot victims at this hospital. You know, we're right outside of Atlanta. There were actual Atlanta, uh, what is that, Fulton County Medical uh, Ambulance Units bringing people into this hospital because they said the hospitals in Atlanta were so full. Their ER, their ICUs, their trauma units were so full with all the COVID and of course all the criminals that frequent Atlanta, Georgia. There were gunshot wounds, there were car crashes, road rage incidents, drug overdoses, and then your typical heart attacks and strokes and diabetic episodes coming in and out of this emergency room. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was uh, seen almost immediately because the very highly skilled professional, Carla, in the ambulance, and I want to thank her as well, 
She very carefully cut away my leather suit, removed my boots, removed my gloves, cut through my Under Armour long sleeve shirt, cut the sleeves off and left me there in nothing but my underwear. They did put a nice warm blanket over me. When you go into shock, you kind of shiver sometimes, and I was shivering. But before they cut my suit off, I remember clearly what she was saying on her cell phone as she called into this level two trauma center. 58-year-old Caucasian male, five foot 10, 200 pounds, hair color, none. I got a chuckle out of that because, you know, we shave the old head. We have a likely compound fracture of the right humerus. I found nothing at all humerus about this. The right humerus, of course, being the main bone in the upper arm. She said a likely compound fracture of the right humerus, total sublux dislocation of the right arm from its socket. Arm was found twisted 180 plus degrees in the wrong direction. These were her words, not mine. Likely severe muscle tears, tendons, ligaments. Severe trauma to the front of the leather racing suit. Likely internal injuries. Helmet, contact multiple locations on the ground. Likely head trauma. Currently, we have him on a backboard secured, cervical collar in place, isolated the head. Patient has a severely swollen right knee, likely leg trauma, complaining of pain in hip, complaining also of thumb on the left side, hurting to squeeze. Then she gave the vitals, the blood pressure, the respiration, the temperature, all those things to this hospital. So they said, bring him on in. Thinking I was that severely injured, they put me right on into the emergency room, and that's where I met Christy, the nurse. She was fantastic. They finished cutting away the rest of the suit. They run me down to the old CT scanner and did a head-to-toe and back-to-the-head CT scan of my entire body. They were kind enough to give me a compact disc, a CD, of the CT scan as well as all the x-rays they took of my knee, my ankle on the right leg, my hip, my ribs, my arm, of course, my shoulder, my head. There is a brain in there, they say. Then after a while, she came in and told me, Christy the nurse, that is, I have wonderful news for you. You do not have a compound fracture on your right humerus. In fact, you don't have a break at all, possibly a slight fracture. After we reinsert your arm into its socket, we're going to take some more x-rays. Great news, by the way. Everything is relative. If they took the x-rays and, oh, all you have is a paper cut, obviously I'd be dancing on cloud nine. But to know that it's just a dislocated, severely dislocated shoulder and some muscle tears and some ligaments and tendons and, um, you know, other sundry injuries, compared to a compound fracture, I am dancing on a cloud. Anyway, enough about me in the weekend. This was a great distraction, or at least it was supposed to be a great distraction. After all, it was the, the year anniversary of my son's passing. It would have been his 32nd birthday on Saturday. And we went on to the track, my daughter and her fiance and I, as a distraction away from everything going on at home with regards to my son. And we decided, let's go to Road Atlanta. It's a great, great race course, by the way. I highly recommend it. Great elevations, lots of twists and turns, lots of excitement. You just got to stay on the pavement, I've learned. But I did not turn on the television, did not read a newspaper, did not listen to the radio, did not look at Facebook, 
did not look at any news at all. And I learned something this weekend, my friends. Even without the pain and the distraction of being injured and going to this hospital, the world still turns if you don't pay attention to all the BS and the politics and all that other crap. But you also have to understand that while you are distracted from all that other BS and crap, that BS and crap still occurs. There are still thousands of Americans trapped behind enemy lines in a country that gropey Joe Biden surrendered. You can say what you want. He screwed the pooch on this, and yet he still has the audacity, the unmitigated gall to defend his actions over there, even though he had no plan in place to do things correctly. He did an interview on ABC News with George Steptonpoulos. Remember that aired last Wednesday. It was a highly edited piece because ABC, being one of the big leftist mainstream media outlets, they're seeking to protect gropey Joe Biden at all cost. They would never have sought to protect Donald Trump in the manner, the shape, the fashion, the form that they did gropey Joe. I read something this morning. The New York Post says, ABC News is accused of cutting the unflattering portions of the Biden interview. Now, I'll say this. I've interviewed persons uh, for many, many years in broadcasting. I've interviewed people for uh, news articles, sports articles, county fairs. Sometimes people say things that just don't sound right, so you edit them out. That's great. If it's Joe Bob from the local 4-H club, and he says, yes, it's a great 4-H fair here, I just wish all the sheep would quit crapping all over my shoes every time I walk by, you edit that portion out, because that's not something you really want to send out there to the local newspaper. But this is the President of the United States of America, my friends. Emily Crane wrote an article that says... ABC News is being called out for editing portions of Biden's interview on the deadly chaos in Afghanistan where he'd made gaffes about his son, Beau. The network included the lines in the transcript because, well, to take them out of the transcript would be kind of illegal. But they didn't air those gaffes. And they're not just gaffes. I want you to understand, Joe Biden has made his entire career in politics work on multiple levels because he directly lies just about every time he opens his mouth and he makes up stories and he plagiarizes other people. Joe Biden is probably the kind of guy who, when he was a child, found a penny on the ground and went home and said, look, mommy, I found a shiny penny. And mommy's like, so? So then Joe Biden had to go around and tell all of his friends, I found a hundred dollars. Look, everybody. Well, where is it? Well, uh, eh, um, I had to, uh, well, it belonged to this other guy, and I was considered a hero for giving him his hundred because that allowed him to buy groceries for his starving family and his crippled children. He gave me this shiny penny as a reward. That's the kind of guy Joe Biden is. I'm sure that's the kind of Joe, uh, guy Joe Biden was when he was a child. A day after the Biden interview with George Stephanopoulos, which aired last Wednesday on ABC, the network published the full transcript online. Sections of the interview revealed in the full transcript include a part where Joe Biden, they say mistakenly, said his late son, Bo, served in Iraq with the Navy. Well, we all know that Bo served in the Army. 
both served in Iraq, never in Afghanistan, but in that section of the article, as written in the transcript, says Joe Biden claims his son served in Afghanistan. That was a lie. Bo Biden was never deployed to Afghanistan, ever. When asked to respond to a veteran saying he wished the U.S. could have left Afghanistan with honor, Biden said, quote, Look, that's like asking my deceased son, Bo, who spent six months in Kosovo and a year in Iraq as a Navy captain and then major, I mean, as an Army major, and, you know, I'm sure he regrets, had regrets coming out of Afghanistan. Uh, er, I mean Iraq. He had regrets to what's, how, how it's going. But the idea, what's the alternative? The alternative is why are we staying in Afghanistan? Why are we there? Do you think that the one, you know, who's most disappointed in getting us out, Russia and China? In other words, it was a long, rambling, nonsensical Joe Bidenism, the usual. According to the United States Defense Department, Bo Biden was deployed to Iraq for one year in 2009 with the U.S. Army Delaware Army National Guard. Of course, Republicans are demanding ABC release the full footage of the Biden interview. Representative Jim Banks, who is an actual Afghanistan veteran, tweeted, quote, at ABC should release the tape now. American lives are at stake. America deserves to know if their commander-in-chief is up for the job, unquote. Tucker Carlson of the Fox News Network led the criticism against ABC and Biden, accusing that news outlet of editing the interview to avoid making the president seem incoherent and confused. Folks, he doesn't seem incoherent or confused. Joe Biden is incoherent and definitely confused. Carlson said, Towards the end of his interview with ABC, there was a telling exchange. That exchange was never broadcast on the camera. Now television networks edit interviews very often for time, but ABC News appears to have edited out portions that made Joe Biden look, how to put it, not presidential, incoherent, confused. Others on Twitter said it was suspicious that ABC had released a small section of the interview, and they accused the network of intentionally hiding that Biden was not competent. Biden, of course, as always, made some inaccurate claims that were aired during the interview. When he was asked about the, quote, pandemonium outside the Kabul airport in recent days, Biden claimed during the interview, which was filmed on Wednesday, that, quote, no one's being killed right now. We all know that was an out-and-out -out lie. That's not a mistake, Joe Biden. You know people were being killed. You lied on camera to the American people, but that's okay. You lied to get into office. You lied to become the president. Not to mention cheated, but that's a story for another day. Officials on Monday said there had been five deaths amid the chaos at Kabul's airport when thousands of Afghans rushed onto the tarmac to try and board U.S. planes. The officials updated that figure to 12 deaths on Thursday. The deaths near the Kabul airport were caused by stampedes of people trying to get to the airport or by gunshots being fired in the area according to the Taliban officials to Reuters News Network. At least two, an ex-soccer player, plunged to their death mid-air after clinging desperately to a U.S. military plane upon takeoff. Biden, of course, can't work numbers. The man sees a number, and in his mind, his lying, feeble mind, he has to inflate the numbers or deflate the numbers, whichever makes him look good. Remember when he was talking about oil reserves back during the presidential race? 
Remember when he was talking about jobs and jobless figures? He always screwed up the numbers. I don't think he understands what those zeros mean after the comma. Biden appeared to inflate troop numbers in Afghanistan, but deflate the number of troops in Syria during the interview. The president referenced, quote, 300,000 Afghan troops that the U.S. had been training. But according to a 2021 report from the International Institute of Strategic Studies, the Afghanistan force was only 178,800. How can you miss it by over 120,000, Mr. President? unless you are a habitual, chronic, pathological liar. Biden also suggested that there was no U.S. military presence, uh, presence rather, in Syria. A senior Biden administration official said that there were 900 troops stationed in Syria, and that figure would likely not change. Joe Biden lies like a rug, a feeble, senile old rug. And after hiding in his basement for a week, he came out, made a statement, and then left without taking a single question. But he did this damn near scripted interview with George Stepton Pupilis, and he managed to screw that up. And where the hell is our vice president? Anybody? Anybody? No, probably sleeping our way somewhere else. So back to my hospital excursion over the weekend. I'm laying there, waiting and waiting, and finally the doctor comes in after reading the, the CT scans and the x-rays. He says, I got good news, no broken bones. We're going to set this arm back in socket, and you're going to be sore. And then he said something which kind of scared the hell out of me. He says, listen, the human body is not accustomed to enduring the kind of pain of a dislocation like this. But you were in shock. You didn't know it was coming, and your body went into shock. And that's why the adrenaline was kicking, and you're not feeling the pain. But if I set this right now as we're sitting here, you're going to have some excruciating pain. You will definitely lose your kidneys. You will definitely probably crap yourself. So we're going to inject you with what we call conscious sedation chemicals. We're going to put you in a condition not quite fully under, like a full anesthesia for a surgery. But we're going to give you a cocktail of, you ready for this? Propofol, the stuff that killed Michael Jackson, and ketamine the tranquilizer they give to horses. Now listen, I'm scared to death of becoming an opioid dependent. So I said, listen, I'd rather rather not have any opioids. He says, no offense, sir. You're a 58-year-old white male with a little pot belly. I don't think you're in physical shape enough to be able to endure the pain that this is going to inflict. I highly recommend you allow us to put you in this conscious sedation. So I reluctantly agreed, and I'm glad I did, because the guy that walked in looked like Lou Ferrigno, Arnold Schwarzenegger, some bodybuilder. This guy was massive. And he says, hi, my name's Carl. I'm going to be resetting your arm. I highly recommend you take the drugs. This is going to hurt like hell. And then he took his hand, made a fist with one hand, and made kind of like a C-shaped cup with his other hand. And he says, I'm trying to pop that shoulder back into this little cuff here, this little opening. Have you ever tried to put a ball joint in a car? I said, yes, I have. He says, you know how much effort and strength? Imagine if that ball joint and the socket that that ball joint goes in had nerve endings. I said, give me the drugs. <laughs> they did quickly. They induced something into the IV and then the room started kind of spinning a little bit and the lights started twinkling, sort of like that migraine look when you get a migraine and you get the flashing in front of your eyes. The next thing I know, 
I was on the weirdest trip I'd ever been on in my life, like a wormhole, like a spinning roulette wheel or something. I in and out of hearing voices but not understanding them or kind of understanding them. I didn't feel him pop the shoulder back in place. About 25 minutes later, I was coming to some form of lucidity, some form of consciousness, and the nurse was chuckling. She said I was saying weird things. And that's sort of like those videos you see on YouTube of the kids who are coming out from getting the anesthesia from a surgery or their wisdom teeth being pulled. And they say weird things. I asked her if she recorded it. She said no, but I would have enjoyed the show. Damn, I wish she would have recorded it. Anyway, Christy was a phenomenal nurse. Heather was a phenomenal nurse. And um, there were some other more unsavory moments during that uh, time that I was there. I won't go into those on this program. But anyway, thanks very, very much to the medical staff out there in uh, Brazelton, Georgia and uh, Hall County. They were more, more than over and above what they're supposed to be doing. I was listening as I was waiting to fully come out of that ketamine propofol high. And I was listening to conversations that were going on out in the hallway between some nurses and doctors. And there was one who had lamented the fact that they had lost a doctor to COVID earlier this year and that they had about 20% of their staff out because of exposure to COVID or out and out direct cases. COVID is real, my friends. I know I've downplayed it at some points during this program's history. It is a real virus. There's no doubting that it does exist. There's no doubting that some people have succumbed to this illness and died. There is, I still stand firmly behind it, a very, very, very low mortality rate with COVID as compared to the flu, heart attacks, diabetes, lung cancer, emphysema, whatever you want to call it, all of the different things that are killing people. But we still have to do our part. Wash your hands. For God's sake, if they tell you to wear a mask in the business, you have two choices. Wear the mask or don't go in the business. It's that simple. I'm not a fan. I'm not happy that I have to cover my face. I'm not Muslim. But whatever we have to do to... Um, and I'm not doing this because I'm knuckled under and I decided I want to comply. But a private business owner has the right to tell you you can't come in here without... I mean, they say no shoes, no shirt, no service. Now it's no shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. It's part of the world. We're, we're going to have to get used to this until this thing is done. And my fear, because it was man-made, is that it will never be done and that our lives will have been altered forever. Sorry for all the rambling, folks. The pain medication that they've given me has uh, kind of got me scrambling and rambling just a little bit. But I did want to share that story about ABC News doing the editing of the gropey Joe Biden interview because as I said all along, they'll do anything they can to protect this feeble old bastard 180 degrees out of phase from when they were doing everything they could to harm Donald Trump. That's going to do it for this morning's edition. I'll be going back to the hospital this morning for some MRIs and see just how bad this thing actually is with a very highly acclaimed orthopedic specialist and his team. They work on NBA and NFL and Major League Baseball players and soccer players and some of the more wealthy folks. So I think I will be in good hands. Wish me the best. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time.
Coming this fall, Medical Sideshow. The doctors and nurses at American National Surgical Hospital in San Francisco tackle some of the new America's most challenging cases. Over the next 21 weeks, we'll explore the journey of doctors, nurses, and other healthcare providers in some of the most unbelievable medical procedures known to modern man. We'll look into transgenderism, gender reassignment surgery processes, from adedictomy to pecorsectomies, from breast reductions to breast implants, from tallywhacking to the practice of self-gratification. We'll dive deep into fetishes, freaky oddities, and mutilation trends. We'll take in-depth looks into sexually transmitted diseases, their causes, their cures. This program is not for the faint of heart or for normal, non-aberrant behavior heterosexuals. Medical Sideshow, coming this fall. Check local listings for program dates and times. Hi, it's Steve Z. My listeners often ask me how I can make the Truth Hurts with Steve Z program sound so professional. With all the background music and other features, you'd think I was in a million-dollar studio. But I have a secret. It's Anchor. Anchor is free and it's easy to use. Right on my personal computer. And sometimes I even produce the show on my cell phone. Anchor can even distribute the show to platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. It's free and you can even make money with your own podcast. Anchor makes it so easy. So if you think you have something to say, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today. Anchor, the official podcasting partner of the Truth Hurts program. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, The Truth Hurts Network.